welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm still your host, Rich Dotson. He's still my co-host, Matt O'Hara. Hey, that's me. We're back. Just uh, a couple, two weeks away from the NFL draft. It's creeping up quick now, man. I yeah. feel like, uh, I mean, it, it felt like forever, you know, it wasn't going to get here. And that now, now it just seems like it's coming up too quickly on me. You're getting a little tingly sensation. Uh, well, yeah. Ready for some uh, chicken oh. wings and pizza? I can't wait. Little, some snacks? I, I was already telling my wife, I'm like, these days are crossed off my list. Sorry, I, babe. You can't, you can't do anything. We're not doing anything these days. I'm taking off work on Friday. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm not doing much on Saturday. The wife's like, you're taking uh, off work for the NFL draft? She's like, what time does it start? I'm like, Friday night. So she's like, why are you not going to work? I'm like, listen, babe, I'm going to be up <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> yes. Okay? I'm going to gather myself and get ready for the second round, see what's going on here. Uh, I got to see what Dynasty players are going in the first. And she's like, oh, Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Didn't you, Matt, and Josh just go out to dinner and have some big Dynasty nerds meeting? I'm like, whoa, 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 top secret, confidential Honestly, you're telling everybody. Jeez. Lady. No, I'm just telling you. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm saying she's telling everybody. Oh, yeah. She's she's a blabbermouth. She's gossip queen, Mm -hmm. blabbermouth, knows everything. Guarantee when my kids are older, she's going to be snooping through their things. I guarantee she's a snooper. (laughs) She's She's a a busybody. Me, I don't care. I don't care what anybody's doing. It's it's a good way to get through life, Dick. Don't worry about, don't care about anybody else. Hey, I don't like those that person. Why? I just don't like them. Why? Why? I don't know. Probably because you're too much in their business. Yeah, who cares? Oh, you can define that to anything. Like, Don't worry about anything. Just worry <laughs> about your bubble. That's it. Get mad when your NFL team does bad. Get mad when your dynasty team does bad. Get mad that you draft a player that we told you not to draft, and they turn out to be a turd ferg. All right? That's, That's when you should be mad. That is when you should Rightfully be mad. Rightfully so. Yep. Uh, don't sweat the small things, and as you say... Everything's a small thing. Absolutely. So yeah. here we are today. A um, couple of news and notes we'll get to here in a minute. But today's shows on the back end of the rookie running back. So we did. We already covered the first 12. If you haven't heard them, go back to the last two, two episodes and listen to the 2018 rookie running back breakdown of players 1 through 6 and then 7 through 12. Today we're going to cover six more players. Um, outside that list, we're going to leave off a couple guys where we want to see kind of where they land um and how they end up there's you know one guy that we're not going to talk about in depth is daryl williams out of lsu in hindsight we probably should have included him in this episode but daryl williams lsu will be included in the after rankings yes he will. after they yeah. land um guys like you know martez carter out of gramlin state rock thomas out of jacksonville state uh jordan wilkins out of ole miss those are guys that we will talk about if they're drafted and where they end up. Yep. I mean, that, it this, I mean, at this point it's boiling down to the fact that we're, we're running out of time before the draft. So, I mean, yeah, we might have to do a bonus episode. Like we said, so yeah. next week we're going to get into the receivers. Um, we'll do two episodes on that. And then we'll probably have the bonus episode of the tight end episode. Yep. Right. Like, so the week of the draft, you're going to get like two episodes. Cause tight ends, you know, it's just one episode. Even though it's a deep tight end class. It is. It Ugh. is. I mean, in the past we've done, uh, a whole episode that was just quarterback and tight ends and this, this year, year this year we had to break them up because there were a lot of quarterback tight uh, prospects and a lot of tight end prospects this is one of the best quarterback classes i've yeah, ever seen right. this is arguably the best quarterback class since the 
Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger draft. I agree with that. Somebody you could definitely argue. Um, yeah, these are some good guys. Like I feel like in a, in a super flex league, I'd feel really good about uh, getting one of these top three guys. I'm still not putting Josh Allen there because I just it's it's gonna be, I'm hard pressed to see him. He needs to be a really, really good, well-coached. So I'm hard-pressed to see him as, as having, like, super success, maybe to be there. But to gamble on that, like, as a first-round uh, super flex pick, well, I'm not ready to put my chips on that player yet. But for Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, I feel really good about all three of those guys, all of them, and as being successful in the NFL. Like, if, like I'm doing this new super flex startup that I did. Um, that's going to start the day after a draft that I mentioned on this podcast before. And, you know, my goal is to get one of those three. Yeah. So yeah. if, if you're I mean, listening and you're in that league, scratch that. Scratch that. Yeah. Uh, don't even pretend like you didn't hear that. Yes. Yeah, stop jocking my style. All right. Be your own individual dynasty player. Okay. Um, so today, like we said, we're going to talk about the back end of these running backs. And let me, let me just say something to you here, Matt. Uh-huh. U-G-L-Y. Those running backs ain't got no alibi. They ugly. Uh-uh. Uh, they ugly. Uh, uh, I mean, there's uh, not. I mean, they're not terrible. But no, I mean, there's not. I mean, they're gonna. A lot of these guys are gonna be need to be in the right scheme fit, right situation, and the right opportunity. I, I yes, definitely. The, there's a reason that these guys are on the third running back um, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the back end, the back yeah. nine. Yes, as you would absolutely. say. Yep. Uh, if this was life, they'd be the uh, seventy-five to hundred-year-olds. <laughs> okay, yeah. we like them. But we also kind of drone, you know, drone them out a little bit here and there. Like, yeah, good story, Grandpa. Back when I was young. <laughs> yeah, for some of these guys, you go into them like, you know, back when I uh, first started 1,160 carries ago. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Look at you, you beast. Uh, before that, there was some news and notes. There are. Jordan Matthew signs a super cheap one-year deal in for, New England. That's, I mean, that's very minimum. I mean, it was like a million bucks, right? What do you think of that? Yeah, it's like a million bucks. Um. Josh Jordan Matthews I mean, out of I, Vanderbilt receiver that we liked coming yeah, out of Vanderbilt yeah. really has been held back by injuries these last couple of years. So we don't he hasn't been remember it takes a couple of years for some of these receivers coming to ability. So we right. haven't had an opportunity to see him definitely in Buffalo where he was hurt. Now he goes to one of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, typical. I mean, I, first of all, first and foremost, like typical Patriot move, right? I mean, typical. Almost. There. I mean, there's such low risk on their part and and it could end up being a, a really big payoff you know good so move by him he took less money to go to new england yeah absolutely better contracts offers elsewhere yeah and, and he signs a one-year deal if he if he shows that he's you know can get healthy and and grasp their system there i mean he could definitely hit the jackpot next year in free agency so i mean it's a good move on his part um as far as his dynasty value barring injuries to some of the other guys that are there it might it might be one of those things where he doesn't have a consistent role uh, week in and week out because, I mean, other than Julian Edelman and – Chris Hogan. Yeah. I mean, um, not even Chris Hogan is kind of up and down week to week type of, type of guy. So, I mean, besides Julian Edelman, it, it's going to be – and Gronk, it's going to be hard to uh, really predict who's going to be the other people in that offense that you want. I mean, I, I mean Tom Brady as well, but but uh, uh, the skill position people. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Britt's obviously not going to – I don't think would beat out Jordan Matthews. I'm very intrigued by this. I think it's – it's it's a hard to say because if you have them, you're going to want to sit on them because of the invest you made in, 
investment you made into him in a rookie draft and a potential there. At this point, you might as well go down with the ship. No, I, I think I think for sure. Unless somebody like offers you something crazy, you keep him. You hope he regains his value. And what? But what? What is it? At first, I mean, for a first, I'd that's probably a, yeah. For a first, that's I it, think right? that's crazy. I think I'd move on um, personally. Yeah, oh, I would too. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be. Like, Thanks for coming, Jordan. Yeah. If you if you can, I mean, if you can get back your initial um, what you paid for him initially, which is which was a first round pick, I would I would feel fine with that. But not a second, right? I wouldn't give him up for a second. I would no. I would hold on to him and just hope that he regains value and 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 turns his career around. Quite frankly, and at the very least, he has a one year production for this year. So at least you get one year out of that guy to produce. I I have this really good feeling in my stomach that uh, hold on a minute. Hold yeah. on, mm-hmm. here. Oh boy, here we go. Hello, crystal balls. Uh huh. I've missed you. <laughs> balls. How would Jordan Matthews' 2018 fantasy season turn out to be? Oh, it's getting less foggy here. Oh wow, things Clearing are really up. I can see from here. Jordan Matthews. Whoa, my sweet baby Jesus. You hear that ringing? That's a ringing. That's the angels calling down from above. Oh, my. Jordan Matthews will be a low-end wide receiver, too. And I think you'll take that at this point, right? I'd be pretty happy about that. Yeah. I the, the balls are telling me that Jordan Matthews is going to be a low-end wide receiver, too. I Listen, I was ready to go somewhere else, but... The balls don't lie. I'm glad my balls don't ball. talk to me. The, the crystal, <laughs> well, you got to buy us a crystal balls. Right. I mean, come on, dude. Right. You want to know the future or not? Come on, McFly. I'll, 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 I guess I'll rely on your balls for that. Well, listen, these magical crystal balls are telling me that Jordan Matthews is actually going to have a pretty solid right. year. He's going to be healthy. Uh, he's going to be in an offense. Yes, the Gronk's the number one option. But can, Chris, can Gronk stay healthy all year long? Can Chris Hogan stay healthy all year long? Chris Hogan, his main role anyway is the deep threat. He's the hey white boy, right. go deep. Especially with uh, <sighs> you know, especially with Cooks being sent out of town. Yeah. Um. I mean that's that's gonna further cement Hogan and as more of a downfield type of guy. Yeah. Julian Allen, Julian Allen's your shifty, uh, gritty slot receiver. You can put a little uh, Jordan on the outside there, and I think he's gonna produce pretty well with a Thomas Brady, who just so happens to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Things are looking up for Jordan Matthews. So here's I think I think he's a nice piece. I'm just not sure how consistent he's going to be because so, no one else is in that offense. So if he's a chessboard, what is he? Is he the knight? Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, give me a little L shape here and there. I would I would call him a knight at this point. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Well, put on that shine armor and let's get to work, shall we, Jordan? Yeah. I, here's the here's you're the, not afraid to sacrifice him because there's better pieces, but <laughs> he's, he's pretty he's better than a bum. Oh, well, some people like the knight over the rook and the bishop. You don't know some people. Some people. You're right. I'm a bishop guy myself. Yeah. It's me. Yeah, me too. Um, Not Bishop Branky. No. Gosh, no. (laughs) Not that bishop. Yeah, off that bandwagon. Uh, So, but here's a question for the dynasty people out there. There's no guarantee. So, he's on a one-year contract. And, obviously, being in that offense can just overall possibly produce better numbers. Yeah. it's going to be funny to see how that comes along. You know, say he does come into well, the crystal balls do come to fruition, which they mostly do. And he comes to a low end wide receiver too. You're not fantastic numbers, but around like 800 yards receiving, maybe 65 receptions and the touchdowns help him get up a little higher there as well. What do you, at that point then when you're in mid season, 
Jordan Matthews is, is showing well. You know, he's, he's, he's a wide receiver, too. He's showing some consistency, anywhere from 8 to 12 points a game with an occasional touchdown in there. Do you look that? And then people are coming at you, hey, man, I'll give you a 2019 first and third for Jordan. The hype train's there. You know what I mean? The right, right. looking good. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Do you get out or do you you, you you ride that? You know, you put the top down on that car now, and it's now a convertible, and you're riding good. <sighs> That's a tough one, man, because you're finally starting to get a little bit more of the return that you were looking for. It's hard to get out at that point, I think. Yeah. For I, me. Um, but without you know without actually physically seeing how good he looks, yeah, it's it's hard to answer that question. If he looks amazing doing it, you know you're just going to keep him and, and be happy. If um if you're watching the games and, and he doesn't look great, but he's still producing, you might want to get out because because that's because that's you know because the sound, numbers the numbers look, yeah the numbers look good, but you know as a player maybe he doesn't look like like he he's you know in in peak physical condition yeah, or whatever. that's one of the things right. he, he leaves new england they take the comp pick for him you know like hey we're gonna, we're gonna do the same thing we always do then he goes somewhere else different scheme it's cold right you know like in buffalo in new england he gets hurt again and so that's why that's why i'm saying i mean if he looks good doing it you you might be too excited to get rid of him and you might just be holding on to him but if he looks like crap but he's still producing for whatever reason, and uh, it's it's just one of those crazy numbers type of things. We'll monitor him. He'll yeah. be somebody we're going to be discussing uh, this off season uh, with some more shows coming up. We might have more shows on Horizon. Mm. Little little tease. Whoa. Little tease. Little dynasty nerds meeting. I'm dropping nuggets today. Yeah, you know we'll be more in depth as we slowly release information. But there might be some things on Horizon. We asked that poll like, "Hey, what would you pay for?" And people were like, "I'd love to have more shows." Mm. I'm like, ah. Matt likes to talk a lot. Hey, that's me. I like to talk more. Motor mouth. Um, and then more news and notes. Richie Incognito came out today and said, hey, 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 hey. I am in my 30s. I don't think I could work anymore. No, I'm, I'm I'm retiring. I'm done. LaShawn McCoy is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're my favorite white guy. I will give you $300,000. If that, I rush for fifteen hundred yards, that was an actual ahead. quote, correct? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that was an actual quote. I was not making it up. <laughs> no. I don't have any favorite white guys. No, I don't have. I just have favorite guys. Right, Matt, you're one of my favorite guys. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Back at um, you. So what? That's that's a little concerning. You know, Incognito has been a top twelve guard rated by the PFF the last three years, being number two, around number six, I think twelve last year. And they lost their center. I was going to say, um, so if you're, keeping, Wood, if you're keeping track, uh, Eric Woods was forced to retire basically because of a neck injury, and, and now Richie Incognito is, is shutting it down as well. So that's those are two pretty big pieces of an offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line went from good to yeah. uh-oh. That's a lot. To, I mean, that's a hard row. That's a lot to replace um, in one offseason. And the Bills got two first-round picks, but look for them to try and use those picks to move up. If, there, there if, are some good. There's a good guard uh, from Notre Dame who might be available um, when they pick if they stick there at twelve. Quentin Nelson will not be the, the dude's being touted as what generational guard. All right, he's he's not going to be there. You, have you seen that guy's tape? I haven't watched it. I've heard I've heard he's like pancaking dudes. I all have over the, place. the dude's an absolute yeah. animal. I would if we didn't. I I would love to have him on my team, but I'm not. You know, obviously was, the Browns are not in position to do that. But right. he's going to be pretty legit. But then again, we've seen tons of guards come in there. It's supposed to be pretty legit, and then turn out the doo doo butter as well. All right, you can't um, just you just can't toss around guys like in the NFL that you can. So with in college, you know, with the, you know Zay Jones, who knows what's going on with him? Kelvin Benjamin, we don't even know if he's going to show up with a keg around his waist at all with that kneecap. Who knows what's going on in the passing game? Their quarterback is AJ McCarron, right? 
Enough it's, said. They're going to trade up probably for a quarterback, they which means are. it's going to limit their picks. Right. If I'm a team, I'm loving if I can get the Bills' 2019 first-round pick. Like if they want to get like the Browns, for example, to four, I'm going to give me 12, 22, uh, maybe 65, and I want your first next year. Because that first next year is going to be a pretty high pick. Because that offensive line is in shambles. The wide receiver core is a huge question mark. We don't know jack squat about A.J. McCarron besides he's got a super hot wife slash girlfriend, whatever she is. Brett Musburger, he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so it, it's kind of like, what's going on there? Now, do they even have a tight end? I mean, who, who do they Charles have? Clay, man, so, right? He's pretty. I mean, okay, he's their best pass catching option. <laughs> and AJ McCarron, who's going to be chased down by the deathly gods of defense in the NFL, he's going to be looking for a scapegoat real quick. Look for Charles Clay to potentially be a nice little sneaky year this year if he can stay healthy as well. If he can stay, I mean, that's kind of kind of been his thing, right? Yeah. So. Here's the thing. LaShawn McCoy. Great running back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic running back. Number one option in their in their offense by far. Hey, hey, hey ho. Homie, you've got to go. I there is way too much focus that could be put on LaShawn McCoy here. I am trying desperately to sell LaShawn McCoy here. Would you take a first round pick for LaShawn McCoy? Little up there in age. He is definitely up there in age. Pretty, pretty good. He's twenty nine, right? Is that where? Um, I don't know. Okay, I think he's got to be getting pretty he's, close. He's got to that. be. He's got to be up there. Came um, out the same rookie year as Jeremy Macklin. Uh, back then, Matt Stafford was in that rookie class. He, I, as I'm, well, I'm pretty sure he's up there. Twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Um, remember the running backs were were ahead of him. Uh, yes. Beanie Wells. Beanie Wells. <laughs> no the, Sean Moreno. No Sean Moreno. Out of the and, league. Out of the league. Uh, the cold Donald Brown. Donald Brown. Out of the league. <laughs> All three of those running backs ahead yeah. of uh, LaShawn McCoy. And look who's still here. Looking fantastic. But now's the time. So most likely you'd only be able to sell to a contending team as it is. Are you taking uh, a late first round pick for LaShawn McCoy? Are you looking at pick 11, pick 12 for LaShawn? Coming away with a guy like maybe... Um, Dallas Goddard, maybe a guy, you know, maybe one of these receivers can slip to you, like a guy like James Washington and Christian Kirk. I'm, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure. The best time would be right now. I mean, I think you should have sold them probably at the end of last year if you were a team that's not that good. You know what I mean? And, and got more than just one first round but pick. I know, but here's the thing: some some people aren't going to be hip to the Richie Incognito. Uh, the Eric Woods and the, the shambles of a rookie uh, or the shambles of the receiving core and A.J. McCarron's hot girlfriend slash wife slash <laughs> I don't know how they're, they're going on. Right. Slash hot. So. Did I mention she was hot? Did I think you mentioned that she was hot. I mean, yeah, I think I would. He's 29. He, he's going to be actually uh, cracking 30 this year before uh, the season starts. Ooh. So, I mean, I, I, think, I think that does play a role because he's only going to – I mean – He's he's going to be going 30 this year, he, and I think he'll still have a pretty good year. It's, it's not like he's shown signs of wearing down or anything like that, but the end's going to be near. I mean, it's not like he's got another five so, years. He's so got, you, I probably would take a first-round pick even it, at the end. And it, which might be – so maybe it's hard to come by. Right. So then to get over this hump as well then, and obviously you've got to have backup running backs here to get – you know right. to su- supply this um, trade. Do you start focusing on – Hey, I'll give you LaShawn McCoy for Larry Fitzgerald. 
Uh, no, I don't see that's, no. a, that's for a, Larry Fitzgerald. It's a two. What they're both at the same life expectancy, right? Who's going to score more fantasy points? Um, I mean, it depends on who you have at your. Why is that going to help you? Like, if if you're what? if you're trying to unload Lashawn McCoy, why is it going to help you to get Larry Fitzgerald? Are you a ninety-year-old man? Depends. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald's going to catch a hundred footballs. Okay, Lashawn McCoy's still going to do well this year. Says who? Says Who's blocking for him? Who the? He's the still defense? Gonna, he's still going to catch passes Listen, and stuff like that. I he, mean, it's not like he is going to. He's going to be AJ McCarron's girlfriend slash wife because the defense are going to have nothing but eyes for him. I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, he's a guy that can create on his own. Did you ever see that one movie where the guy's on death row and he's walking down? And they're like dead man walking. No. I have. N- I just remember that part of the movie. No idea what the movie is, but that happened once in a movie. Probably right. more than one movie. Somebody, I'm sure, will tweet that at you now. Well, listen. In that movie, that guy had crystal balls, and he was talking about LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm telling you, man. That was a stretch right there, man. Not looking good. Stretch. What, was my name Armstrong? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Listen, um, you're being ridiculous. You are saying you are a LaShawn McCoy fanboy. I am saying get out. Why you still can. Who's throwing Larry Fitzgerald these supposed 100 balls? Uh, I don't know. Maybe one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, Sam Bradford. For how many games? Uh, he, maybe he can catch one. A, he can catch He's going to throw him 100 he'll balls catch, in one game? He'll catch 30 balls in two games. <laughs> That's a third of the way there. <laughs> All right. Uh, and who's the backup there? I have no Brock idea. Brock Osweiler? No, it, it's Mike Lennon. Oh, so white, it, white Tupac himself. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad there, man. Listen, they're going to draft a guy. When? I don't know. All right, twenty eighteen, <laughs> two weeks from to Thursday. All right, uh, all right. Let's get into some of these running backs. Let's shall do we? it now. Like we mentioned earlier, neither of us overly love any of these running backs, but let's talk about them now, pre-draft. Pre-draft, because after draft, we're going to have a better concept of what they're going to be. Their value is in this draft. Because mm-hmm. um, remember, after the draft, we're actually going to do. Pe- overall rankings and go down why we like these guys you know it will be much more structured it will be we'll go one through 12 but it's not gonna be by position it's gonna be by overall talent where we want to take these guys right booyah sure all right booyah all right first guy on the list here we're talking about kaylon balaj kaylon balaj out of arizona state he's six foot one 228 pounds right a four four six he's kind of a big dude He's a big dude. Right yeah. in a four four six. Yep. He was a one year starter. He had four hundred and fifty carries for one thousand nine hundred and eighty four yards in his career. That's good for four point four yards per carry, twenty seven touchdowns, eighty two receptions for six hundred and eighty eight yards. Not bad, right? Not too bad. Two touchdowns. Sure. He's a tough physical runner with great speed. And he had really good hands. And I would say his best attribute is probably his speed. And his hands. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a freak athlete, he, he, and he catches the ball really well out of the backfield, which is is why I think, in my eyes, he's the most intriguing of these last, uh, you know, this third uh, episode, just because from a physical standpoint, um, he's got he's got everything you want. You know, he's got the size, the speed, he can catch the ball well. He runs a, a little bit upright. Oh, he runs upright, all right. Yeah, him and him and um, some of these guys like him, him and uh, Bo Scarborough. Mm-hmm. Are pretty. I mean, they're both the exact same size, six one two twenty eight. Right. So that's and they both run upright, and they both got longer legs. Right. Um, uh, Kalen, he he, I see how he's intriguing. You know, this is a guy that 
2016 tied an FBS record where he had eight touchdowns in a game. Seven rushing and one receiving. So there's that. But I mean, I'm sorry, man. I have a lot of questions about Kalen. This is a guy, like you mentioned, he, run, he runs upright. You know, and when we say people run upright, it just it's harder to run between tackles when you run upright. Just more hands can get on you. Mm-hmm. So he has that. His vision is very, very questionable. Um, lots of tackles for loss. Um, behind the line showed a lot of hesitation, indecisiveness, missed holes that were open at times there. Um, never let his team in carries. He's mostly just used as a four, you know, the third down back, goal line back. And as a matter of fact, 70% of his touchdowns came on goal line carries. So out of his 27 touchdowns, 19 of those were goal line carries. Um, and for being like a big physical back, he wasn't really big he got, and physical. No, he got he got he got labeled as one of the look like Tarzan, play like Jane type of, of players. Yeah, not um, very elusive. Kind of really looked kind of weak. Um, I I totally agree and. The reason I, I I like him I probably a little bit more than you do is, is when he went to the Senior Bowl and he went there with a lot of this stuff, the negatives known, he kind of he, – he showed better than a lot of the people there thought he would. He and, was the talk of the town. He And he was, and he had a really nice Senior Bowl. So combine that with the fact that he is a guy that can catch the ball really well out of backfield – and and that's what makes and and he's explosive and and an athletic freak. Um, that's what makes him an intriguing guy for me. As early as maybe you know, end of the second round type of guy. Yeah, he's he's a third rounder for me. I I wouldn't I wouldn't feel horrible taking him if I had you know the last three picks in, in the second round though. I, mean, I guess it depends where he <clears throat> lands. You know, right? Um, I mean, he's a running back with some upside, but again. It's weird that he's such a big back, and then you look at him it's like, okay, he's a you know, he, most likely his bread and butter is going to come as a third down running back in the NFL. I, but yeah, but there's value in that. I mean, I agree. There's value in that in the fantasy world, and and what he does well, if he's if he's drafted by the right team that wants to use him like that, uh, he can he can he could find some sneaky value in my eyes. Yeah, I definitely see the sneaky value there because he's a little bit better in space probably than he is running between the tackles as you mentioned there are some questions yes. on it on his vision and stuff like that it, so, it was terrible right i mean and that's what i'm telling for me like watching actual tape of him like i was just like oh gross but like, but I mean, you, you know you teach that guy to run some routes and you split him out wide and he's he's a matchup nightmare on the outside with a linebacker i mean he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be able to outrun any linebackers out there yeah, definitely, you know, maybe some safeties as well. So he is intriguing in that. I just want to see, can he be coached up? Can he yeah. be in the right spot? Who's going to take a chance on him? How is he going to be used? And, and, Who's the running right. back ahead of him? He's never going to be a three-down running back. I don't see it, personally. I mean, I stranger things have happened. I, I mean, I, I think... For sure. I think David... I mean, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to David Johnson, but when he came out, I don't think we thought he'd be a three-down guy. We thought he would be a pass-catching guy, right? Yes. And that was it. And that was it. And, and it turned out we were, I mean, way off, way wrong on that one. Yeah, we were. So right. um, we were wrong about Jordan Howard. He runs upright, but he has zero pass catching ability. Right. We talk about it. We use him. So, as a so I, I mean, I, I think the the Senior Bowl and, and the fact that he did well there and kind of showed scouts who were who were thinking on on the same lines as you that that maybe he he can be coached up a little bit or is being coached up on that 
you know, throughout this draft process. I guess, I mean, I guess if you grab them too and you grab them by the face, Mac, you say, hey, Kalen. Get in there. Stop running like a little bitch, all right? Pound your pads. Pound it in there a little bit, You're a big dude, all right? Get in there. Act like the porn star you are and pound it. Yeah. All right? I mean, and this is a, maybe then he'll have a chance. This, this show is just getting gross, man. It's been gross for four years. What you, at this point, if you listen and you you don't like that sense of humor, listen, you hate our show and you're not even listening in the first place. I am sorry. My so, wife doesn't appreciate it. I'm sure people out there don't appreciate it. I am sorry. Yeah. I am me, okay? I'm just remember, kidding. Remember I know we, you're you. Remember we mentioned earlier, uh, like some people you just don't like them, whatever, yeah, just yeah. move on. Hey, move on, Turtis Fergus. Yeah, there All you right? go. I am me. And listen, I am fabulous. Curtis uh, Fergus. All so, right. Kalen Pelage, intriguing. I give him a third-round grade. You give him a late second-round grade. It's almost the same grade. It's basically splitting hairs. But you just like him a little bit better. I just like him a little bit better. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe where he lands in the draft, maybe it it changed something for me. You know, like Kenyon Drake, where he goes in the draft, it changed things for you. You're like, wow, hey, man, it's like pretty high for him yep you know totally and Kalen Balazs like wow they have interest in him he's gonna get a chance eventually mm-hmm. uh but he's probably gonna see he'll be interested in where he's probably gonna be maybe he'll be like a long-term secret guy because I don't see the value being there because like we mentioned a coaching might take him a little bit to get his wheels greased where maybe his value is gonna come in 2019 I mean I think that all I mean I think that really all depends on where he lands and how how quickly yeah. they they see him getting a role, man. So maybe it could be CJ Procise and be value in three years later. Yeah, because he's going to have value this year. I don't know. It's just him and Chris Carson. Get, get your crystal balls out. <laughs> Hold on a minute here. Oh my gosh, I was joking. <laughs> I should never joke about your balls. Matt wants to know how CJ Procise is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. In PPR leagues, he is going to be. A low end running back three. Oh. Sounds about right. Okay. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> no waste of time on the podcast. Like we don't got we got time to kill. We're half hour in. Well, let's burn through these let's guys. Go. Next guy up. Yep. Bo Scarborough. What a name, right? Yep. Bo Scar. I could write a country song about that. I feel like somebody he, probably has. If he ends up in Detroit, Jim Bob Cooter is gonna love this fella right here. <laughs> He's straight out of Alabama. Six foot one, two hundred and twenty eight pounds, ran a four five two. So another big stocky running back with some good speed here. Yeah. You know, he he played three years in Alabama, didn't start a single year there. I mean, why bother? Two hundred and sixty seven carries. Um, 1,512 yards. That's good for 5.7 yards per carry. 20 touchdowns. 21 receptions for 131 yards. No touchdowns. Always the backup, like we mentioned. He's a one-cut runner who runs tough. And what I like, what I think about his with his good speed is that now when I say good speed too, he's kind of the runner that kind of like needs time. To it's build-up speed. It is definitely build-up speed for right? sure. You see that on tape, man. Yes, it's not. He doesn't have explosive. He's burst. not going to burst past anybody. No, but when the hole is there, he does got enough speed and size to get through that hole and make a potential big play there. But always behind, you know, Damian Harris the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and behind Derrick Henry there um, at Alabama. But he's somebody that, like I said, needs time to get going. His kind by numbers really surprised us when we saw them, that we thought that he was, like, way more explosive uh, than we thought he was going to be. Yeah, the, yeah, the combine numbers were more explosive than, than we thought. Right. 
seeing so, just watching him on tape. Yeah, so he showed good pass protection ability. Yes, he did. Which that is, was a, that was a big time strength. Yeah, it? very good job out of him there. Big question him, huge question for him is definitely durability. This is a guy that broke his ankle in 2010, tore his ACL in 2011, had the high ankle sprain at the end of the season in 2012. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, that's that's going to be a big so that, I mean, that's flag. all going back to his high school stuff, right? Yeah, way back in the day. Yep, okay. Yeah. But I mean, still a big injury. No, no, I mean that. I mean that's that's big time injury history for a high school kid. You know, yeah. really good goal line back. You know, he showed a lot of time on tape his leaping ability, which mm-hmm. comes from that explosion, those combine numbers. Yeah, he's got you. a forty inch vert. Yeah, yeah. So his leaping ability was fantastic, and he actually averaged a touchdown score once every thirteen point four carries. Not bad, man. Yeah. So you feed that guy twenty six point eight carries, and you're going to get two touchdowns out of him. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good numbers, math by you. I'm not even going to think about it and correct you. I'm going to say it's dead on. Um, I think, like I said, when we mentioned Holt earlier, sometimes he doesn't let his blocks develop as much. Yeah. Um, he caught that. the bell. He caught the ball better, um, more naturally than I thought he would Agreed. before I really dug into the tape. I, this year he had 17 receptions, so it's not like he caught a ton of balls. But when he did, they looked, it, it looked fluid. He looked fluid doing it and natural doing it. He wasn't fighting it to catch the ball. So, um I don't. I don't see him being like a big PPR stud or anything. But um, it's but a, it's a, it's intriguing with that ability, What's the ability to block and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, and, then, and that's the thing. And then catch the ball as well out of the backfield and swing passes. His his value might be there where it's going to be. He scores enough touch like in the right system, right? Mm-hmm. Or even like say we mentioned as a funny joke with Jim Bob Cooter, but say he does end up in a place like Detroit and they have the really good pass catching backs there. Or, I don't know, Seattle or somewhere on those mm-hmm. lines. For a guy who's not an overly explosive running back, doesn't really do anything overly great, but who pass protect and showed his hands were, weren't were bad and that goal line ability to get up and over the line, there's intrigue there when it comes to fantasy value where maybe can he be like a LeGarrette Blunt type of kind of player where – Possibly. He scores mm-hmm. enough touchdowns to be relevant. I mean, if he can somehow find a way on a right system to be a nine to twelve touchdown guy, which again, those are extremely high numbers. Yeah. But if that's a role that he can fill on the right offense that can get downfield and be in that position, a la like a Detroit Lions who didn't ever had that back, that that would give a lot of fantasy potential there. Now you're literally Praying on touchdowns, mm-hmm. but when you got Legarry Blunt, you're praying on touchdowns. Yep. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, where are you thinking in in dynasty drafts as of like this early projection? Com- completely depends on where he yeah. lands. Completely, because right now I couldn't see touching him before like the fourth round. Like that's how I feel about Scarborough. Yeah, it's just there's yeah. too much. Yeah, there's too much concern about it. You I, know? I, it's just, yeah, I'm with you there. You're a one cut runner who you, you need to hold to be there for you. And then you could do something like I said. It takes time to develop that speed, so you're not and you're not overly explosive. Really like you as a goal line back, but then I mean, are you a fullback at that point? Are you are you a good fullback that can catch the ball well, like a Kyle Hughes check? You know what I mean? Right. Is that the player you are? I mean, where are you drafting Kyle Hughes check in your dynasty league? You're not. You're picking him off the waiver wire. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, it's that's what, the way you got to look at him. So I mean, fourth round, even it, fourth round, maybe today with maybe a drop to it third round. If he goes into a really good situation, fifth round, if he goes to a really bad situation and then maybe not even, you know, maybe not even at all. Right. You know, maybe I'll take this to Luke Falk and hope, hope for the best three years from now. 
intriguing. But, you know, again, a guy never was like the, even the main guy there in Alabama. And they're a team that needed to run the ball. And it's, yeah, it's evident on tape that he's not the most explosive guy ever, even no. though he has, uh, you know, pretty decent, like, long speed, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. Running 40 yards. Um, but Yeah, so it's kind of like, does he does he need a good offensive line to be a valuable player? Yes, he does. Yes, hundred percent. Think he does. That's that's what. I, but as my end note here, I wrote needs a good offensive line mm-hmm. in the right situation to be kind of like a big time threat player. But again, we're talking. Then we're going back to one of his counterparts, Alabama, like a Derrick Henry type players. Where look, you're not going to put him in your lineup and hope for one big play. You know what I mean? Two big plays, and it's just foolishness. You're better off going the PPR guy. Mm-hmm. Moving on, shall we? Moving on. Akram Wadley, running back out of Iowa, five foot nine, one hundred ninety four pounds, ran a four five four forty, has a career five hundred thirty six carries, good mm. for two thousand eight hundred seventy two yards. That's five point four yards per carry. Twenty eight touchdowns, seventy one receptions for seven hundred sixty one yards, and seven touchdowns. He was a one year starter. He was a one year start, he, but he uh, th- really the the last two years he w- he was a, a big part of the offense. And, and oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't get that amount of right receptions without right. being a part of the offense. So thirty six in, in two thousand sixteen, twenty eight receptions in in two thousand seventeen, and he cracked a thousand yards, almost eleven hundred yards both years. Both years, yeah. which is really good out of Iowa to come out away with eleven almost thousand yards in both receiving, not almost over a thousand yards in both receivings. This guy was a fun tape to watch. Yeah, no, I mm-hmm. didn't like his his size is not ideal. Five foot mm-hmm. nine, one hundred ninety four pounds. Right, that's the biggest red flag I see about him. But the guy is an excellent athlete, man. Mm-hmm. This guy was explosive. He showed great elusiveness. He showed really good footwork. Like he's he's out there, you know, like a like a really nice little sweet dancer out there. He makes quick cuts. We'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. his his jump cuts, mm-hmm. fantastic. His spin move, PlayStation esque. His stop start ability. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's somebody that, you know, he can li- he lined up in the slot. He's lined up as outside receiver, right? So he was he showed well out there. He can make the big play as a receiver as well. Again, 71 receptions for 761 yards basically in those two years. Those are really good numbers. And he's another guy that wowed at the senior bowl as well. Um, you know, a lot of the, the scouts were impressed with a lot of the stuff you're just talking about right now. Stop-start ability, ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, all those things, um, which really could amount to a nice little role in the NFL and on your fantasy team. Yes. Uh, if put in the, the right position. Yeah. When you were talking earlier about a guy like, you know, when you're talking about Kalen Balaj, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, his intriguing, out of all the guys we're talking about right now, he intrigues me a lot. Now, I know Aker, he has smaller Aker hands. Wadley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has small hands, and he, he, he did have some drops where he, he had a 71 receptions, but when he actually watched the games, he had a fair share of drops. So the, yeah, the small—I mean, eight, eight and a quarter on the, on the hands. Those so, are tiny mittens. So this is—you know—you're creeping into the Amir Abdullah. Yeah, he's like coming over after your wife has your firstborn baby. He's like, "Oh, let me hold the baby." And you're like, uh, "You smell like cabbage." <laughs> so right. Um, so we mentioned size isn't great. Mm-hmm. Not a great, not great between the tackles. Mm-hmm. Not 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 overly oppressive there. Um, Ran actually into actually here's a little nugget for you. Led the Big Ten and run into his blockers. Really? Yes. Out of the whole Big Ten, he ran into his blockers the most out of everybody. So he has 
that shows that um, that makes his vision questionable. Absolutely, you know, that's what that right. means when you when you can't you know let your holes develop, uh, mm-hmm. hit the right lanes. Anything you can't do behind the line of scrimmage means you uh, are more of an athlete than a true running back. We were ripping Isaiah Carell for this, right? Absolutely. Right? I mean, and that and that speaks to guys that that should be used a little bit more in space uh, rather than the guys that should be used between the tackles, and at least. You know, in, in Akram Wadley's case, he, excuse me, he does have the reception skills to to kind of offset that a little bit and get himself out in space some more. Yeah, so I see him, you know, not being a pile pusher, not between the tackles kind of runner, oh, especially not at that size. Um, no. he, I like to see him in a good system here as well, mm-hmm. and I want to see him use utilize as a nice complementary back, right. someone that can get in there and be a weapon, mostly in the open field. Yeah. Um, again, because as an athlete, as being explosive and elusive the way he is and the way he, his jump cuts and the way he could be so stopping a dime elusiveness, as I say elusiveness 10 times in a row with right. him in the open field, he could be a fantasy weapon. You know, if you somehow get the ball in this guy's hand four to five times in a game, then I see the fantasy production there. So him, I like to see him as a nice you know, if I'm looking for a running back in the third round, I see him with potential third round rookie draft value. Uh, no, I could see him. I could see him going in the third round as well. I, I don't see him at his size. He doesn't. Have, to me, he doesn't have the upside uh, of a Belage, and that's why I had uh, you know Belage ahead of him um, as far as upside potential. But you know, obviously for him, it's going to depend on what kind of offense he gets put in and, and what kind of backs are there with him i mean if there's another similar back and and the, the other guy's more established and, and and he gets drafted in in the fifth round or later i mean who knows if he gets end up, ends up getting practice squatted or something like that you know so it, it's it's um it's going to be very dependent his value is going to be very dependent on where he goes and, yeah, and I, the situation that's there in my eyes i i think fifth round would be good for him you know i'd feel pretty good about a team selecting him in the fifth round again nowadays where these running backs are going being, you know, he's not he's not a small school kid. He's a Big Ten kid coming to Iowa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think he has the potential. He, he intrigues me here. He's one of those guys then that falls in the lines of you know somebody that doesn't overly do their rookie running back or their rookie study as in depth as you should be. Where he's not a name, you know, he's not a name for everyone else. Yeah, you're saying like the the common people that aren't uh you know hitting the podcasts and, and looking at everything. They're going to take guys like Bo Scarborough right. ahead of like him, and to me, that would make no sense whatsoever. No, I, no, I agree with that because you know Wadley's PPR production alone, uh, I think, will will boost him up past where Scarborough. Yeah, and when, when we get this late in the game, um, you know, that's what we're really looking for here. For the most part, when it comes to the running back production, pr- production, we're looking for guys that most likely are going to be. That surprise, like PPR value back, that you know usually gives you maybe two years, maybe three at the most, somewhere around there production. But again, I mean, we're talking about the fourth, fifth round of your rookie draft, maybe late third round. That's the kind of production. Yes, there's always the hits there mm-hmm. as well, like where you get some stars or good starters. But for the most part, in a realistic world, in your dynasty league, you're looking for guys that can help you, you know, bottom end roster guys that could fill in there and be productive here late 
Yeah, a bye week fill in guy. I mean, if you're getting him in the fifth round, that's great, man. You get a guy that can semi produce, and, and maybe down the line you flip him for a third round pick or something like that, and, and you're kind of using him a little bit and then getting a bump uh, later on. That's a great strategy to have yeah. where if you draft guy and again, we say take best player available, right? And a guy like Akram comes in along and he comes in, shows some good PPR ability. You know, nobody that's going to be fantastic shows value, you know, scores anywhere from about, you know, six to seven points per game. Nothing crazy, mm-hmm. you know, but shows value. And a guy needs running back help. And say you draft him, like we said, in the fourth round, third round, it maybe shows just enough where you can get a third round back and you reinvest mm-hmm. and you get back into it. You know, that's, that's a great strategy to have where you take a guy that you just drafted within the last couple of years. You don't really need him, And, Again, most people want to trade for a first-round pick or a second-round pick. But if you can flip a guy like Wadley, who's serviceable but not great for your fantasy team, and just flip him into a higher-round pick, then you're slowly starting to make production there. Because maybe the next guy you take will be better. I, I, I mean, I do that kind maybe of stuff all the Rob time. Maybe he the Rob Right, I do that then kind of Then maybe you can take those two-thirds. Now you have two-thirds. Maybe you take those two-thirds and flip it to a late second and keep moving up. And maybe it's a three-year pr- – three-year-long process that started with a guy like Kalen Balage that ends up being somebody that you got that was a David Johnson in the second round. And you keep going at it, and you keep keeping on your practice squad until you eventually hit, and then you got that starter. Whether Even, even if it's a low-end starter, it's starter. And, and I see that as, you know, that's how you want to work the system. You want to go. You want to start with something small and just keep piling on top of it and 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 getting little little pieces until it gets to be something big, like you were just talking about, man. Yeah, we mentioned. I it. do that all the time on the waiver wire too. Like I'll, I'll flip a waiver wire guy who is showing some production for a third round pick. You know, I think, hey, this is gonna be a high third round pick. I'll flip him for this, and then I'll take my shot on that third round pick because I know it's just I'm playing with house money on that guy. And if it hits, boom, I turned a waiver wire guy who is a middle-of-the-road guy, but it had some value, and I may, maybe I hit the jackpot with that third-round pick. Maybe you, maybe in that third-round pick, you can get Lamar Jackson, you got the next Mike Vick, and your quarterback's rushing for 1,000 yards per carry, and you're just going all over the place. Right, exactly. Or, you, or he starts doing awesome, and you cash out on him and get like a, a high second-round pick or, or maybe even in the late first round for him. So, I agree. You're real, you, that's how you want to work the system, basically. Got to work that system, mm-hmm. baby. It's dynasty long-term. Keep on keeping on. Exactly. Uh, let's move on to the next guy here. Josh Adams. Okay. Running back out of Notre Dame. Six foot one, 213 pounds. He had 481 carries for 3,198 yards. That's fifth best all time in Notre Dame history, by the way. Good for 6.6 yards per carry, 20 touchdowns, 41 receptions, 336 um, yards for two touchdowns. He is somebody that, you know, just it was a really productive college running back. He was. He had over 1,400 yards this past season of led, rushing. Yeah. Great size. Led FBS with seven runs of 60 yards plus in 2017. And he had four of those for 70-plus yards. Um, the thing I saw – he was, you know, he has trouble getting to the outside edge, so he's not his speed's not really there. I I would agree that very productive, at the same time very mundane, nothing overly nothing special. I don't know how he got fourteen hundred and thirty yards and has these like big long runs and stuff like that because I did not see a lot of. Well, we mentioned earlier special skills. A guy by the name of Quentin Nelson, 
who was an, who's an unbelievable guard there. He's going to be a top 10 pick. Yeah, good point. Then you have Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle. The left tackle there, yep. Who's probably going to be a first-round pick. Yep. So you have two first-round picks. One of them per, could be a, 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 pro, a Hall of Famer. And I feel like Notre Dame's pumping out centers every every other year, too. So, that you know, whoever they have there isn't in this draft, but, you know, probably next year it'll be like a, a, a top-five center, you know. Yeah, so I think the offensive line was really good there. Um, but, I mean, he wasn't overly elusive. He's not very tough. Um, and by tough, I just mean like, like he's not like a physical runner. No, he's you not. Know? Um, he's just one of those guys that I don't, he's on a team, gets lots of, you know, decent amount of carries, good left side of the hole, got there. So, and, and he's tall. I mean, he's tall for being 213 pounds. He's six, six foot, he's six two, um, is what he, what I have. Oh, I'm six one and a half. Oh, okay. Maybe I just rounded up, um, which is totally possible. Um, He's still he's just like a higher cut guy that I mean he for, runs upright. Yeah, he, he runs upright, and and he doesn't run with a lot of power. I, no, because he's a bit he's a stocky dude, but you're like again kind of goes back to um, uh the Balash guy like it's a big dude, but he's not like a powerful runner. You know what I mean? It's like I saw a, more. Yeah, but then intimidating. But, but then when you see Balash run in the, I mean, like I feel like Balash is more explosive than than Josh Adams as well. So it's. Uh, to me, I didn't see much on tape, and, and personally, me, I'll, I'll be staying away from Josh Adams. Yeah, the cuts weren't there. No. There, like, wasn't really smooth in and out of his breaks. No. Um. Yeah, just you know, not explosive. He's an average back to me, and yeah, that's not going to do anything for me. No, not 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 a fan. Honestly, just eh. You watch the tape, and you're like. Oh wow, he had that many rushing yards. I when I saw the stats after because I didn't look at the stats until after I I watched the tape. I was very surprised that I that, mean, average six point nine yards per carry. I mean, I guess some of those long carries will help that average. You know, he had an eighty four yarder, and you know earlier in his career it looked like he had a ninety eight yarder. So I mean, that's he makes some big plays. I don't know when and how with that kind of lack of explosion, either. but hey, I mean, he's only twenty one years old. So he's still young as well. Yeah. So maybe he could be groomed in this. I mean, obviously, he, with a good offensive line, he showed he could produce. Yeah, you know, I agree. can he? Can he? Tr- here's the thing with Josh Adams. You're gonna say, like you said, you're gonna stay away from. Him, but can he be one of those guys that's like that ends up that comes in and you know somebody gets hurt and he's just given the opportunity. He I mean, just, I guess, I guess if, if he's drafted by an NFL team, he'll at least be on my board. It, it won't be till late. Yeah. And that's probably when you'd have to draft him anyway. So I, I guess I won't be totally staying away from him if it's a fifth round pick or something like that. Like I, I'm not gonna like. That's where I see him right now in sixth round rookie draft. I see him going. Yeah, you know what? I'll take that. You know, the right. guy did have fourteen hundred exactly. yards. Yeah, last I mean, year. Like, he averaged six point six yards per carry. Now that we're talking, now that we're talking through it, you probably convinced me that that he's not a horrible like fifth round pick um, type no, of guy. But not the, not before yeah. that. Yeah, you because know, it'd be one of those things is like. If he if he came in and he was like okay, like it would I wouldn't be blown away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like I oh, was okay in college, so <laughs> he was okay there. Like, you know, why can't he be okay here? If he came in, he was fantastic. I'd be like whoa, where are my socks? Where are my shoes? They just got blown off. Jesus. But yeah, I'm kind of fifth round rookie pick here. Um, next, shall we? Let's do it. Let's talk about this guy, Justin Jackson. All right, five foot eleven. 199 pounds, ran a 4.52 at a Northwestern. This guy had 1,142 carries. I repeat, he had 1,142 <laughs> carries. 
142 carries for 5,440 yards, good for 4.8 yards per carry, 41 touchdowns, 122 receptions, 122 receptions. A lot of receptions. That's more than more of the receivers coming out in this draft, mind you. So, I mean, that's like that's all four years he, yes. was, he was like their bell cow type of guy. 858 yards, yeah. one touchdown. He's one of only two players in the last 20 years to have at least 1,100 touches. That's an insane amount of touches. But here's the thing. The dude never got hurt. Yep. He didn't miss a game. He's Northwestern's all-time leading rusher. Big surprise. And, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you think so? If I had a 1,142 carries, I'd at least be the 12th all-time rusher. Absolutely, you maybe, would. If yeah. I stayed healthy. Barring injury. Impossible, right. I'd be dead. Um, <laughs> again, doesn't do anything great, but a solid all-around running back. Like, he's... It really speaks to how crappy Northwestern is that they had to give this guy this many touches, to be honest. No, um, except never missed a game. Yeah, he never in missed the last a game. four years. And he, and he caught a ton of balls. So he's got a, a lot of passing game and chops it, I, there. I, I saw, like I said, when I was trying to find something he did really well, I couldn't find anything he did really well. He caught the ball well. Yeah. Which is good there. But when I looked, I kept looking and looking and looking. I'm like, okay, what is it? I, he had good burst, like initial burst through the hole. Like that was there. I saw that. Like, like he he saw he let it line up. Boom! Hit the hole and got it. And, and his cone drills um, speak to that too. He had a low four four point oh seven in the three cone. I mean, uh, in the twenty yard and and six point eight one in the three cone. So I mean, it does speak to his, him having a good quick change of direction explosion. Um, but uh, his just, size though, like. Okay, you had one thousand one hundred forty-two yeah. carries there, but you're five foot eleven, one hundred ninety-nine pounds. You're not even two hundred pounds, buddy. Drink a gallon of water, gain a pound. <laughs> Get up there, man. Um, so he'll be—I mean, he'll be limited. He'll be a passing down type of guy if he gets, you know, selected somewhere. That—that's going to be his role. I'm not sure that he has enough skill, though, um, to be honest. Overall skill, yeah, because he's just like a guy again. He's just a guy. I mean, he he catches the ball really well. He's had a lot of production, so he'll probably get an opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm not. He's I'm gonna not be a, a, he's I, gonna be a very late draft pick. I'm not 100 percent sure he'll get drafted. No, uh, uh, I'm not. Because all the tread on those tires. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of wear. Yeah, I mean, he's not a pile mover. So yeah, the team that takes him is most likely not using him in that role that he was at Northwestern as it was to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But again, I mean, like I said, the three cone numbers were pretty good. They they were, you know, mm-hmm. I, the the receptions are there. The way that he hit the hole initially is pretty nice as well. Justin Jackson, can he be a sneaky late round dynasty sneaky pick? I guess not he could. for you. He could no, he could be. He could be. I mean, I am intrigued about him. Would you take him over Josh Adams? No, I don't think I would. <laughs> Size is in there. Yeah, right? size is in there for me, man. Um, would you take him over Ronald Jones? No, <laughs> just get kidding. out of here. Neither would I. <laughs> okay. Um, so Justin Jackson, Northwestern. Again, let's see if he gets drafted. All right, and let's see where he goes. Yeah. Um, very productive receiver, but also given. A godly amount of touches to be productive. I mean, for me, he's a sixth or seventh round NFL draft. Yeah, that's. I don't. I get worried sometimes when you know 
my dynasty rookie running back is rushing for under five yards per carry. And that's another thing I was like staring me right in the face. It's like yeah. not the even four point eight yards per carry. Yeah. You know, in the NFL, that's fantastic. That's fantastic in the NFL. In a college, not so much. That's not great. You know. So but he did play at Northwestern, so he didn't have like you know he, he had faced some tough crap around him. And know? he was like literally the only weapon that they had. So literally the only weapon. So <sighs> It's hard. I mean, yeah, maybe they were just Let's, all stacked against him. And I'm not taking him off my board. No, me neither. But I'm putting him near the it's, bottom. It's gonna be. It's gonna have so, to be a sixth round pick for Justin Jackson. Let's see where it goes. Yep. Shall we? Last guy we're gonna talk about here: Ito Smith, Southern Miss, five foot nine, two hundred one pounds. Again, he's two inches smaller than Justin Jackson, but he weighs two more pounds. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that had 820 carries for 4,536 yards, 5.5 yards per carry for 42 touchdowns. Wait, did you say 42 touchdowns? Yeah. That's pretty good. That's really good. <laughs> um, he had 140 receptions hmm. for 1,446 yards and seven touchdowns. He's an open field runner. Yeah, absolutely. In the last three years, he's topped 40 receptions. So, I mean, that's... And and he's he's top forty receptions for you know right around four hundred to five hundred yards, and he's gotten eleven hundred plus yards rushing. So yes. I mean he's, he's been very productive the past. And he three can years. pass protect. He can pass protect. To me, this this guy out of the scat backs that we're talking today is probably my favorite guy. It just um, I, I liked his explosion. To me, he looked like he was the most explosive. Um, guy on tape and he catches the ball really well i mean they used him a ton in the passing game yeah that's and his bread and butter that's his that's really his bread and butter and he, and, and he scored a t- he scored a lot of touchdowns man so it, he's a bigger less shifty Tariq cohen oh yeah yeah definitely less shifty than Tariq cohen and, yeah. and and you know he's got he's got 30 pounds on, on yeah but that's, cohen. The, that's not and that's not his game, though, either. His game is catching the ball and getting upfield. I agree. That, yep. Like I said, he's at open field. He's not looking to shake and bake, right? He's not looking to help. He's looking to get the ball and make a play. And I agree. He's very intriguing mm-hmm. for a fantasy option. Like, he's not a winner when it comes to the NFL. He's not winning any football games. But he could be the kind of guy that is going to move the chains for you and get enough again if we can get the ball in his hands in that passing game between four and six touches per game around there three to six touches per game it might be enough to make him you know a nice stash on the bottom bottom of your roster and if he can step his game up just a little bit maybe he could find himself to be playable i mean i i would feel very comfortable uh grabbing ito smith in the third round whereas in you know, Akram Rodley, I just there's some measurables that that concern me. Obviously, the the eight and a half inch hands for Akram Rodley, as opposed to like the nine and three eighths here for for Edo Smith, and and he's an inch shorter than Akram Rodley, but he's like twenty. I mean, he's a he's a bona fide two hundred and one pounds. Yeah. So, and and Wadley doesn't even have much room to grow into his body. He really doesn't. He Wadley played at a hundred, or he came into the Senior Bowl at one hundred eighty eight pounds. And then he was 194 at the combine, so he's he's Wadley's putting on weight now. I'm not sure what he'll actually play at. He might you know drop back down to that 188 pounds, or, or right around there when he's actually playing. So the 201 pounds has been nice and even for Smith. 
and, and he's just he's He's a good, he's the kind of guy that I'll, I I would feel very comfortable taking a chance on in third round. Yeah, I see him being drafted really late in the NFL draft because um, he's going to be a situational kind of player. And again, I could see him falling down some boards. I could see, you know, depending on the kind of league you're in, where yeah, I would definitely take be, probably feel pretty comfortable with Edo Smith in the third round again on the right team. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to see him matched up you know, on, you know, Tennessee and they're going to, they're going to for sure use Deion Lewis in his role. You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to see him in a situation like that. I, I want to see him in the right situation, but again, I don't see him getting drafted in that situation. I could see him possibly because if he say gets drafted in the seventh round of the NFL draft, right? I, I honestly, I think he's going to get drafted before then, but go ahead. I, I think, I think he's probably closer to the, you know, like a, a fifth round pick or okay. a sixth round pick. But I'm saying if he does end up somewhere yeah. out there and, you know, you know, you know, you know, everybody has those players in Dynasty League where they just go up, they look at the NFL draft, mm-hmm. and they and that's how they draft their players. That's yeah, how they rank absolutely. Them. Like, okay, I have both. I have uh, Squam Barkley number one because he was drafted number one. I got Darius Geis number two because he was a second player drafted. I got Cortland Calvin Ridley is my number one receiver. Why? Because the NFL draft told me he was my number one receiver. <laughs> that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have those kind of guys where then Edo Smith can kind of fall a little bit. Every league has those guys, yep. right? Yeah, for the most part, unless you're in like a very like in-depth league right unless you're in like you know like an all uh podcast league or something like a podcast yeah right i have many uh if if you have a favorite dynasty site i am most likely in a league with one of those guys (laughs) (laughs) i'm in a league with all those guys um yeah so nothing gets by those guys but you're not in those leagues because you don't have your own podcast that's right i don't think no and if you do i haven't heard of it so who are you? Who are you? Doesn't matter because I like you anyways. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I think Edo Smith is pretty intriguing. He's somebody that I would like to get it. as of today, where we stand here today, two weeks before the NFL draft. He is somebody that I want on my roster because again, he feels like somebody. Maybe if I have a flex spot, you know, in the right situation, I can flex him out into, and that's where I see him as more of a, a flex player, more so than somebody I want to slip into my running back two role. Mm-hmm. But could be one of those nice little flex running backs. Definitely could you be know, a flex running we, back. Again, we preach it all the time. Those PPR running backs, worth their weight, and they're good gambles. They're good roster spots because, again, they're short-time holds, so they don't they don't clog up your roster. You're, you're not looking for long-term development. You usually know what you got pretty quickly in those guys as well um, within two years Yep, on those guys. And so, that's, you know, that's usually what you know when you have to make a decision on the exactly. guy. Exactly. So you have them in your taxi squad. You win some, you lose some. They're a third-round picker on, so you're not really turning your dynasty team for the long future, but it gives you just enough value work either, like we mentioned earlier, flip them for a higher pick or get into your flex spot. Best case scenario, they could follow, follow themselves into your running back two role. Which would be ideal. Ideal indeed. So next week we come back at you with, finally, we're going to kick off the receivers. Nice. A um, couple good guns in here. A couple intriguing ones. Don't see anybody as like, hey, legit number one receiver. I know I haven't got into my tape fully here, though. My favorite still, hands down, is Cortland Sutton. We'll talk about it next week. Still like James Washington, like Calvin Ridley, like DJ Moore. Antonio Callaway, little nutty off the field, pretty good on the field. <laughs> little nutty off. <laughs> but, hey, not, who doesn't like a nutty, buddy? Yeah, buddy. Um, in the meantime, if you want to talk Dynasty Fantasy Football, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can hit up the the website, DynastyNerds.com. We got articles on there every single day, son. What? Yeah, jump on there. Get your get your intellectual on. Yeah. A Use lot those of more, eyes. A lot of them are profiling a lot of these rookies, so there you go. Yeah, reading's learning, dude. Yeah, it is. This is this is Dynasty 101 free. 
Get on DynastyNerds.com. Get on it. And, of course, on there, if you want to join our group chat on Facebook, we're at 1,600 members nice. already. We just launched that, launched that thing a couple weeks ago. Cool. Uh, Rick Butts is on there kicking ass. Uh, and you can join the Facebook page. It's free. Tons of polls. Tons of Dynasty talk. I, literally, I would say there's over 100 questions on there a day. And they're all being answered. Yeah, get the heartbeat, man. Yeah, you know, the dynasty great. community right there. Yeah, you're getting polls on there, and you're getting comments on it, so you can read them there. Very good on the Facebook group. And uh, I think that is it. I think if you want to leave us a rating review on iTunes, you can do that too. We love that. I love it. You love it. I do like it. In particular. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's about it. And then we'll be back next week. Again, only two more weeks. So we're going to do three episodes in two weeks, Matt. That's going to be fun. It's never been done before. We've never done that in four years. Wow. I was just trying to think back, but no, I don't think we have. We've never done it. All right. Next year, we won't do either because we're going to start uh, a week earlier. <laughs> <Get up. laughs> we're going to plan better. <laughs> whatever whatever evergreen episode we did or whatever we covered, what topic is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delete that off the menu. Yeah. Just as I was teasing before, like, we're going to do more shows. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yes, we Until will. then, toodaloo. Hasta luego. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. 